<laughs> I think I just need to wait for the music to go down so I can't get distracted by gotcha. it. I'm not dancing this time. <laughs> Hey everybody, welcome to the I Think This Is Love podcast. I'm your host, Cherie, and here today is Ian Kume Q, goes by Q. Q is a filmmaker and actor, and he's currently working on a TV show. So Mm -hmm. do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. Uh, So I spent the past year and some out in LA. I was born and raised in a little farm town in central Ohio. And so I am currently back. Uh, I pitched an idea of just kind of a show, a fictional mystery drama based off of my hometown. And uh, so I'm kind of taking my life experiences and uh, yeah, making a show about it and seeing what happens. So I'm back for the next eight months and then back out to California. Awesome. Why don't you go ahead and give us your status update? So this is just your current relationship status and how you feel about it. Yeah, uh, currently right now I am single. Um, I've gone on a couple dates with a wonderful singer out in California. Um, we're still talking a little bit, but single. Uh, and I'm, I'm at a good place with it right now. Uh, my last relationship was the most serious one I ever had. And I'm still kind of in the process of working through that and, and seeing what I'm ready for again. So yeah, single right now. Awesome. All right, it's time for us to go on a friend date. Okay. So just answer these questions to the best of your abilities. I mean, I met you once, so here we go. Perfect. Love it. If you had an autobiography, what would be the title? Oh, yeah. Um, I think I would call my autobiography Dream Now, Love Now. Because I'm a a dreamer and I'm a lover. uh, And I love dreaming big and and future planning and, and thinking like what could be. Uh, but not at the cost of loving exactly where I'm at now and, uh, and appreciating where I'm at and loving the people, even though I'm not where I want to be yet. Mm-hmm. And so I think that would kind of be a good general of like, I'm a dreamer and I dream big. But um, also like right now is like a really, really special, good, unique time too. Yeah, love it. In a movie about your life, what actor would play you? Uh, I grew up in the high school musical days um, and had... Yeah, Zach Efron's just a beast, and so yes. he's way too good looking to, like, that would be an upgrade for me for sure if he played that role, but um, when I watched him in a couple other movies, like Charlie St. Cloud and The Lucky One, um, I thought he was brilliant, and I'm, I'm uh, an emotional guy, I guess, and I love the way he captured those. Um, I think he's a brilliant actor. Awesome. And then, which actress would play your love interest and your co-star? Okay. I'd say Cara Delevingne. Okay. What is your favorite movie? This is a new question. Yeah, it is. From our listeners. And me being a filmmaker, that's a big question. Yeah, it is. Uh, my favorite movies of all time are The Lord of the Rings, all three of them, if I can, you know, clump them into one. Um, I mean, I have a family favorite that's called Gone Fish, and it's a comedy from the 90s. But uh, I would say The Lord of the Rings trilogy. And the third movie is perfect, but I'd say the second one's my favorite. Gotcha. Are you an only child, or do you have siblings? So I have one older brother, he's three years older, and he's married, has three baby kids, and uh, they're my favorite humans. Oh, so you're the youngest. I'm the baby. Yeah. Every time I have youngest children on the show, I just feel mm-hmm. like there's this solidarity because like, I'm also the baby you're of the also family. The baby. Oh, there's yeah. something special there. Yeah. 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 All right. Beach or mountains? Mountains. Uh, I'm in California a lot, and I love the beach, don't get me wrong, but I definitely find myself traveling more to the mountains than... I mean, I didn't even touch the ocean for the first, like, six months I was there. Oh, wow. Mm. Fascinating. So, absolutely mountains. Hiking, camping, all that. Okay, what is the most attractive trait in someone that you're looking to date? Yeah, that's that's a good one. Uh, I would say, so, so I might have to give a little explanation for this, but, but kind. 
um, meaning that they are just considerate of others. It is so attractive when we're out on a date and yes, it's special and just between me and her or whatever, but still they take time to consider others and, and be thoughtful and to, and to love others around them. Um, it is so attractive when a woman will do that. And then along with that, what is the least attractive trait? I mean, I think just honestly the opposite. Uh, like someone that's selfless is just beautiful to me. Um, but someone that uh, isn't considerate of others thinks that they are better than, mm-hmm. um, especially without knowing someone. Um, and, and so someone that's just, I guess, belittling, um, that's, that's, that's a turnoff for sure. Okay, so what is a non-negotiable for you in dating? Yeah, uh, I myself am a Christian, and so just my love for Jesus comes first. And I've realized in relationships, uh, if if I'm with someone that also puts Jesus first, that increases our ability to love each other. And so that's that's definitely a non-negotiable. But past that, man, this sounds so cliche, but just an adventurous heart sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And and that goes someone who loves. I mean, I'm a lover, and I'm gonna say that over and over in this podcast. And so I guess that's good because of the title, but. Uh, <laughs> But someone who just loves wherever they're at, no matter where it's at, whether we're out to eat, the waiter is important, the barista is important, um, you know, everyone, anyone and everyone, someone that uh, loves outside of themselves is, is, is just not negotiable. Like, I need someone who, who loves well. Yeah, makes sense. This is by far one of my favorite questions. What are the telltale signs that you're into somebody? That's good. I'm a big experience guy, so like what I do in life and who I do it with is what I will talk about when when I'm with you, right? And so if they're the person that I'm bringing up and they're the person I have recent memories with and they're the person that I long to do uh, adventures and concerts and food and just I want to make memories with that person and they're like my parents can tell when I'm crushing on someone because they're the only like woman that I talk about a lot. And Mm -hmm. so that's when people know I'm digging them is they're the person I want to make memories with. Yeah. All right. Have you ever been in love? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'd say twice. Uh, high school sweetheart. I dated for about three years, but it's it's so different right now to answer that question because my last relationship uh, almost got married and I loved her. Love her. Like she's she's incredible. I would never ever speak no word about her. Um, and that kind of love was something that I'd never experienced before. Uh, I had never experienced the kind of love like that from a person that I wanted to like be with forever and give my yes to until I die sort of thing. And that's like huge for me because I love to love, um, but that kind of relational love is different. And so the, I guess, level of love that uh, her and I got to just experience with one another was much more than anything I had ever had before. And so I think there's tears of love. Um, but, but with my ex, yeah, yeah, it's, that was, that was love for Mm -hmm. sure. So then with that, have you ever had your heart broken? Yeah. Yeah. I've had what I would say four girlfriends in in my time, not counting, you know, middle school crushes. Uh, (laughs) but the first one, the three year relationship, high school, all that was somewhat mutual and I've only been broken up with since. And so I've never really had to do the breakup process. Um, but my, my last relationship was the deepest, most painful heartbreak I've ever experienced. Um, kind of came out of left field, got some really good closure with it, got some, like it was as beautiful as a breakup can be, it was. Um, and I'm thankful for it and all the time that we shared and stuff, but it, 
for months and still, uh, I'm a sentimental man, so if I see something, like, there's no pain comparison to what a heartbreak is. And, uh, yeah, this, this past six months has been been the most painful heartbreak I've had. Mm. I think it's interesting because I had a friend, um, and we were talking once, and she asked, do you think that you ever really get over people? Mm. And I think it's interesting because I almost don't know if you do. Like, I think that... Yeah. If those memories were important, then they will always be important to some capacity. And Absolutely. so I I think that's really interesting. Yeah, no, I agree with that totally. I mean, they have a special place, um, but it's, it's good to learn from that. Hold on to those. Um, yeah. Move on. For sure. Um, do you have a most memorable date story? Can be good, bad, embarrassing, whatever. Oh. Can I give two? Sure. Okay. Because um, they're they're pretty similar, I guess, uh, in, in ways. Um, one was I went to go to a taco night here um, at Miami University. Uh, I just transferred back. I reached out to one of my old friends. Her name was Caroline. She invited me over for tacos. So she went. To, she had a new house though, and so I got close to the house, called her, and I was like, I think I'm here. And this other girl pokes her head out of the door, and she's like, Hey, are you here for taco night? And I was like, Yeah, I'm looking for Caroline. She's like, I'm Caroline. And uh, it was like, so long story short, uh, we ended up talking about one of my favorite books. We got super close. We went on a date like the next day and it's like a through the night date, which like, like awake the whole time, just like adventuring, hiking, wow. ice cream. And it was like a 12 and a half hour long date or something like that. Oh my gosh. But the thing was halfway through the date, I found out she was my childhood celebrity crush and I didn't even know what? it. What? Yeah. She was like a singer of this band that I, uh, I just had a super crush on her growing up, but like hadn't thought of the band in like 10 years. And so, yeah. Wow. Um, but a more recent story would probably be, it'll probably be my first date with my ex. Uh, we, we met online actually. Um, both of us were pretty new to that scene. Um, and I was just joking, like literally the, the night that we matched, and I was uh, like, I want to I wanna take you out on a date date. Um, uh, none of this like hanging out stuff, whatever. And I was like, how about tonight? And this was like at 10 o'clock at night. I was oh new to California. <laughs> I had just gotten there. And she was like, okay. Wow. And, like completely crazy. Um, long story short, oh, I don't know how much of this can go public. So we're just going to go for it. Hopefully your parents don't hear. Mr. and Mrs. Kassenheiser, if you hear this, I'm sorry. Oh, my gosh. Um, <laughs> but so I got to her place at about midnight. Um, we had never met. And this is, like, super sketchy, right? Yeah. But in Malibu, right? We're in Malibu. This is so sketchy. And uh, we picked up ice cream for each other separately and surprised each other with just a one-word clue. And then we both, like, gave each other each other's ice cream. So she gave me the hint of chocolate. I gave her the hint of caramel. And we ate ice cream drank a little bit of wine we had like a half a glass each but we talked through the night um the entire night and she had an 8 a.m class that i dropped her off at and that was our first date was meeting up at midnight in malibu and <laughs> oh my gosh yeah wow so, wow wild yeah what does friendship mean to you yeah friendship is a uh, safe safe space i guess to be known um Someone that I can count on to go to. Uh, I mean, there's there's also tiers of friendship, I believe. I can meet someone for half a second and call on my friend. If I see him again, uh, I guess if I make any sort of memory with them. And uh, and I love people, so then, yeah, they're my friend right there. Um, if it's a good memory. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, a safe space, someone that I can go to and, and um, 
ask for help uh, and not feel like I owe them anything. Uh, they're just there because they like me and I like them. And then what does family mean to you? Yeah, family, very similar. Uh, sometimes it's by blood, sometimes it's not. I have friends that are like family, for sure. But family is home to me. Uh, I love California. And I love traveling out there and being out there and doing the whole film and acting thing out there. Uh, but this time that I'm back in my hometown making my, my TV show right now, it's those people. Uh, my family's here and that's home. Um, if, if my family were out there, that's, that'd be home, you know. But uh, that's the best way I can describe it is they're the people that I will love no matter what I'll do anything for. And yeah, they're home to me. Yeah. Okay. Do you believe in soulmates? Okay, so I'm going to reference a book that I read and a lot of the studying that I've done. And I mean, I love love, so I've, I've read quite a few books. Um, I believe in an S-O-U-L soul, may not an S-O-L-E. I don't believe that there's the one. Okay. There's only one, because if that was true, then like if I married the wrong one, then I messed up somebody else's one and then just the whole thing. Like, I don't think that's possible. Um but I think that like to your soul, like a person that, that you can connect with until the day you die um, and love as best you can on this side of eternity, then yeah. But um, I don't believe that there's just one right woman out there for me. I believe that there are multiple women that I could marry and have an incredible and happy, beautiful marriage with. And uh, so yeah, and I think all of those could be soul, like um, S-O-U-L, so. That is such a fun question for me to ask people because everyone's answers are a little bit different. All right. What scares you most about love? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good question because I love deeply and quickly and I, I lay my heart out there. Um, like, and there's a few people that get it in special ways, right? Especially if I call you my girlfriend, like you get it in a way that my, my heart in a way that nobody else gets. And so, you know, my vulnerable places and, um, you know, what, where I can be cut deeply and, that is scary uh, because I will, I just want to love people so well, so well. And so I'll lay it all out there. And um, when it's, you know, unrequited and uh, not returned or um, what scares me most is, and this has happened and I'll probably get into it a little bit later, but uh, when people think that my love for them is a show or it's fake. And so people not believing that is an authentic, authentically me and how I want to live life hurts. Uh, and so, yeah, people not believing that and then um, abandonment in the midst of it. So, yeah, yeah, that's great. Thank you. I think a lot of people would identify with that, um, with like abandonment and, yeah. you know, like loving a lot and wanting that mm -hmm. in return. Yeah, because, I mean, heartache's the, the worst pain. Yeah. It is, and so, um, I mean, there was a point with my ex that, that we we had only been going on dates for like a week, but we moved quickly. Mm. Uh, did a lot of life really fast, and we got to a point where we're like, uh, I mean, we were going for a walk. It was foggy. Uh, it was like midnight outside our parents' place, whatever. Around those times, uh, there's just like a little spotlight coming down because it was in a gated community, and we just started dancing. We played a song and just started like dancing, and she just looked at me, and she was like, um, you know, from this point on, like, what do you, what do you want from here? Because this is either going to lead to the greatest heartbreak we've ever had or marriage. Wow. Um, she's like, you know, I don't like, it would stink to walk away right now, but like, I want you to know that like, that's it's kind of who I am. You know, I don't, 
give this space to a lot of people. And I was the same way. And so we agreed in that moment. We're like, do we want this? Um, and we both agreed. And I was like, yeah, yeah. And um, that was a scary moment because we're like, this goes, this ends one of two ways in the most painful thing and heartbreak or in the happiest thing in marriage. And uh, that was a scary moment to move forward in. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure. Yeah. Okay. So transitioning to a new segment. Love it. That the listeners voted on. First date, do's and don'ts. This is a chance for the guest to give us some first date do's and don'ts. Okay, yeah. Um, I would say do's is do something that you haven't done. Uh, let it be new territory for both of you so you can fail and laugh and enjoy and learn together. Um, I just gave two examples of my first dates being like all-nighters where we never slept and just adventured the whole time. And, and I had never... Those are the only two times I've ever done that, and they're some of the most memorable dates. Um, and so I would say do's is try try something, right? Uh, and like be in a space where conversation is welcomed and invited. And um, yeah, be vulnerable, because vulnerability breeds vulnerability. And I think that's huge and crucial to kind of get to know the heart of someone early on. Um, but a don't is maybe don't do it too much. Um, yeah, uh, don't do movies i mean maybe end in a movie if you want to but i say don't do movies because that is not a space that invites conversation uh to get to know the person to get to know the heart of them to know intentions and so uh, i would say don't maybe don't pull all-nighters um on the first (laughs) date (laughs) but but, uh i yeah invite space for conversation but don't don't be afraid to i mean this is the most cliche thing ever but don't be afraid to be you um I I faked a lot of things. I'm an actor, right? And so I faked being a lot of things for people growing up. And so um, on a first date, don't be anything fake because like if you're authentically you and they still like that for a second date, then oh my gosh, is that so much better. So don't be fake. Definitely. All right. It's time for the topic of the week. All right. This week, we were talking about hopeless romantics. (laughs) So context. Context for the listeners. Q and I met at a party a few weeks ago mm-hmm. and got into conversation, started talking about the podcast. So naturally, I just started talking about love and relationships and all of that stuff. And I remember being really fascinated because you talk about it in a way that is so, I want to say almost like it, it sounds like the movies to me. Like it sounds like yeah. something that you would find in the movies or in a story. And I don't hear people legitimately talk about love in the way that you do and so i just remember being like i gotta get this guy on my show this is so yeah, well thanks for having me so by the way. fascinating no yeah. thank you for being here um and so when i think about so i kind of categorize this as hopeless romantic because when you're talking about before the show what you kind of were thinking of talking mm-hmm. about it was all of this like i love love i want to love people like everyone and also like i really want to give this special kind of love to whoever is going to be you know like my girlfriend and Um, partner and stuff like that and so I feel like hopeless romantics get kind of a bad rap like in movies it's totally fine because it's a movie right Um, but in real life I feel like hopeless romantics are often like these head in the clouds kind of people and um, kind of get this reputation of like like you were saying it will burn out like it will fizzle out like it's not sustainable for a healthy relationship and all of these things Um, and so I just find it fascinating that you kind of embody that anyway and so I kind of want to get into that and unpack it a little bit because I think that maybe 
I know that there are other people, in fact, I have other friends who I think feel similarly, um, maybe aren't as vocal about it, but sometimes feel kind of like alone in that. And I wonder too how much of it is like a cultural thing. Like I feel like generally like American Western is very, we're much more cynical about things. And so um, I think sometimes it can be scary to like be excited Mm -hmm. about love and all of this stuff. And so I kind of want to bring it down and talk a little bit more about it. So you're someone who says that you love love. Mm -hmm. So when did this start for you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, my my mom and dad will vouch for me that it's been since I was born. Uh, I, I take after both of my parents. Uh, my dad's dad jokes I get. Um, my mom's heart I have. Um, my dad's a kind, kind man um, as well. But I take after my mama's heart. And she tells this story about when I was like in preschool, she was my preschool teacher, that people would ask what my favorite color crayon was. And I'd say, I don't have one because I don't want to make any feel left out. I want, like, I love them all. I just love them all. And like that's been the posture of my heart since I was little. And um, my biggest concern is losing that. I like I, I don't think I will, but um, there's been a lot of damage that's been done of, of people not believing that, that kind of love um, and not feeling like it's authentic. And yeah, that'll burn out. And uh, it's just a show for attention and that it's not a way that I can be, right? Um, and, and so people will say it's probably since I was little and I've had my phases. I had my phases, but I didn't love well at all. And still, yeah, definitely times now. But, um, yeah, it's, it, my parents brought me up in, amazingly, and I have a lot to thank them for it. Wow. I literally feel like I'm talking to someone from a movie. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a filmmaker. I'm a storyteller. Uh, my grandpa's a storyteller. My dad, my mom, like, I, I love it. It's in my blood. But people see the movies, and they're like, oh, why can't it be like that? And then my thought is, and people are like, well, people will say it can't be like that, right? It's not like that. Reality, it's not like that. And I'm like, true, but why can't it be better than that? Mm. And like, that just might be the dreamer in me. But I'm like, if we crave that, like people love those movies because we want to be loved in those ways. And the reality of those movies is that there are their flaws, there are their shortcomings, there are their heartbreaks, there are, there's, there's some brokenness there too. And I think that's what's so beautiful about love is like, trying to do it as unconditionally as possible in the midst of baggage, in the midst of heartbreak, in the midst of brokenness, loving there. And I think we can make it better than the movies. I mean, if I'm going to call someone my wife eventually, I want them to feel like they are every love interest that the guy had a crush on. And because women deserve to be known that like they, they can be loved like that, if not better. And, um, and so I, I hope to find a woman someday that can... Uh, there are tons of women out there that can reciprocate love way better than I ever could give. Um, I know that there are women that are bosses at loving people better than me. Um, but I believe it can be better than the movies. Hmm. It's interesting because I had, so the guest who, um, the guest that we had last week, Laura Smith, her whole episode was about, she's been married for 25 years and is mm-hmm. still absolutely smitten and talks oh about her gosh. husband in a way that is just beautiful to me. And yeah. I was like, I need you to be on this show. And so yeah. I don't think that you're alone in that. Um, yeah, I have a, I have a, I'm going to be the best man in one of my friend's weddings coming up. And so don't listen to this, Ben, because I'm using this in my speech. But uh, somebody at a wedding that I was at recently, uh, when they were giving their toast, was like, I hope you two, speaking to the bride and groom, remember this as the day that you loved each other the least. Hmm. And like on a wedding day to love each other the least and only grow in love from there and to be absolutely head over heels and smitten and, and fall deeper in love every single morning. That is just, that's what I want. Yeah. And it can be as possible. So, so I kind of want to talk about the fear that people might feel, mm-hmm. um, and I know that you kind of touched on a little bit earlier, but uh, relationships ending because of this sort of like, I guess in some ways 
feels kind of like an overwhelming, like too good to be true cotton candy kind of love. Like I want to talk about um, maybe some of those endings and like the feelings of like this is going to end and like how that felt for you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so a couple things to that. Um, one, there are ways in that, especially my past relationship, that uh, I failed her hard. Um, I, I didn't love well. I'd kept score on a couple things. I just... When people ask my biggest regrets, it's it's things like that where I didn't love well, um, and and it's in those moments that, that I hope that they don't believe that all of the rest of the love is actually just a show, right? And that this is the real me. These times that I, and and so, it's before I I dated my ex. Um, it was it was our first date that that through the night date. I laid out for her. I was like, look, people will say this about me. Um, people will say that my, my love is showy, that it's this living in a fantasy world, right? Um, and that it'll burn out. Um, but I want you to know, like, it's just me. This is my heart. This is the deepest core identity of who I want to be. And so uh, I hope you learn to believe this. And so my biggest fear is, like, uh, people that she is, like, closest with thought that about me. They thought it was fake. They thought it was a show. And she's, she's, I'm thankful that she was like, you know, I know your heart better. And I know that it was true. It was honest. It was good. Um, but that's, that's my biggest fear is just like people not believing it. And it's, it's the biggest part about who I am is how mm-hmm. I love. And, um, I have this one friend named Caleb. Um, he's out in LA and he was, he showed up right in the midst of that heartbreak. And he is the best guy. It's just like, he just loves people. And, the best, healthiest conversation I had with him was just like, he got it, that people accuse him. He's like, Caleb, when are you gonna burn out? Mm-hmm. Like, when is this done? Like, stop loving me so excessively because like, I, I want you. And he's like, this, and, and I know now, like it is him. He loves so well. And it is just, the, it's scary to put yourself out there like that over and over again and people not believe it. And so I almost give warnings of like, hey, this is what you're gonna get. Um, yeah, right up front. Yeah, it's interesting because I wonder where some of that fear comes from for people. Um, So I kind of have this like theory that's not based in any sort of like science or psychology or anything like that. Um, But just, I guess, through conversations with friends and like talking about dating and relationships and stuff like that. um, I think, so context on me. I think I've always been someone who feels the need to prove myself and like prove that I'm like fun to be around and prove that I'm funny like I have a really really close friend of mine and I like pride myself on the fact that like he would not talk to me for like weeks we were in the same class in college and he wouldn't talk to me and so I would sit next to him every day and just like bug the crap out of him and try to get him to talk to me and then one day like I put this like ugly cat picture as my background on my laptop and I just like silently like turned it towards him and he just bust out laughing in class <laughs> and like that moment is when we became friends yeah. and I like pride myself on it because I'm like oh, I showed you I showed you that I was funny and that we're gonna be friends and so I <laughs> and I do that with like a lot of my relationships yeah. um, and I think a lot of people do that mm-hmm. and so I wonder if sometimes um, when we encounter people who are very loving when we don't feel like we've like necessarily done anything to like earn that um I think it can be scary and like overwhelming in this like I didn't do anything to like deserve that like I didn't prove it like I don't know how you could even like feel that way um and so I wonder sometimes if it's just that like we're not used to like Hmm. feeling that way we're not used to like just receiving love without 
strings being attached to it. Um, but then also the other side of that, I'm going to try not to talk for forever because this is about no, you. I love this. No, please um, no. <laughs> we can switch the <laughs> awesome questions. So the other side of that is uh, I have a friend and we talk about how, whether it's from like movies or whether it's from just the messages that we get growing up, it's like, oh, like they like you if they're mean to you or they, mm-hmm. you know, if they ignore you or play it cool, like this whole, oh my gosh, this whole thing about playing it cool when you're into someone, um, I think is overrated, but Let them know. <laughs> like this whole idea of if someone likes me, then they have to like pretend not to, or they have to play mm-hmm. it cool. Um, and like I talked about this with Bria, like I did the same thing just of like, oh, I can't, I can't be too much. I can't show it. Um, And so I wonder if sometimes like some of us are so conditioned to think that like love is actually displayed in being distant and like pulling back and then coming close and pulling back and coming close in this very confusing Mm -hmm. thing. Or like if they're kind of mean, like then that means they like me. And so then when you're faced, when you're, when you're faced with this, like in your face, you're an amazing person and I love you and all of this stuff. It can feel like this is not real because this isn't the message that I've been given mm, since yeah. birth. <laughs> I haven't really thought of that. Um, again, this is not based in literally anything. Yeah. It's just what me and my friends talk about. But I wonder if that plays into anything. Yeah. I but I mean, do you have any like ideas as to like, I don't know, like what people might feel or like why they don't believe it? Because for you, it seems to be so kind of like innate and like a mm-hmm. core part of you. Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, it's, what's been really important for me is like, I love to love people, but also I've realized a lot recently that like, I can only do so if I know how they feel loved. Mm -hmm. Right. And so some people don't feel loved by being smothered or getting gifts or me showing up just because to comfort them in a time where they, you know, I, I need to understand how people feel loved in order for me to love them best because not everyone feels loved in the same ways that I do. And if that's the only kind of love that I showed, then half the people I would meet wouldn't feel loved by it. And so getting into that space and asking people like, you know, is, is how have you been, you know, told that like somebody likes you or is into you or is affectionate towards you or like what their love means. Um, yeah, I haven't really thought a, a lot into that, but that could be so true about, cause I mean, I was told that growing up, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I just watched a movie the other day about it, about like, you know, just pretend like you don't like them. Um, actually it was in, can I drop this? Uh, Stranger Things, right? Um, when Steve was talking to Dustin about like, Hey, how do you know that? Like, how do, how do I get her to like me? He's like, I just pretend like, you know, you're not into her. And I was like, Oh, that's heartbreaking. Um, and so I, I've never known the other side of that, I guess. Um, but I wonder now, yeah, you asking the question if it's true. I mean, I just feel like it has to be like a defense mechanism. Like we all have those in some yeah. ways in certain areas of our lives. Yeah. And like, I think it's, I think it makes sense to like, not want to believe something as a way to like prevent yourself from getting hurt. If it turns out that it isn't true, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, and I mean, all of us feel loved if like somebody just does something random for you just because no strings attached. Right. And I mean, Amanda just got you that mug. Right. And you weren't expecting it. It was so just special to just get it. Um, and I know that I feel loved that way when people do things just because and I don't owe them anything for it. And so why can't I be that for people all the time? Mm-hmm. Why can't I do it just because, because I want to receive it that way too. Yeah. Hmm. So you talked about you talked about a high school relationship being a pretty like long one. How mm-hmm. So how long was your longest relationship that you've had? Longest was about three years, and that was with the high school sweetheart. Um, and then four months, and then nine days, and then nine months. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the three-year one. Yeah. Do you feel like, because when I hear the idea of like this love is going to burn out, it's typically that whole like, give it about two years, 
Like you're just not going to feel those bubbly feelings anymore. Mm -hmm. And that's when you have to like really work and like Mm -hmm. really put an effort to like, not that it's like super crazy hard, but just that like you have to actually start being really intentional about it. And so when you're in that three-year relationship, do you feel like it was like consistent the whole time? Or was there like a point when you're like, I don't feel these bubbly, giddy feelings anymore? Yeah. Um, this will kind of be a combination of two relationships in this answer. And so I believe love is, is fun for it to be an emotion. Um, but I wholeheartedly believe love's a choice. Um, when the feelings aren't there, when the butterflies aren't there, do you love regardless? And that's what that three-year relationship was. I mean, I, it was a really healthy relationship. It was really good. She was a sweetheart. She actually went to Miami as well. Um, we're in different grades and stuff. Uh, but she and her family, everyone is just kind. And she was one of those very just kind women. And I, I can dig that no matter what, you know. Mm-hmm. And so um, over the three years, I mean, I felt like I loved her more and more every time I saw her. And even the times that I didn't feel it and we didn't agree and things were rough and we're crying and all that stuff. In those moments, yeah, let that be a time to love someone more in that space. Um, love them where they're at. And and so I believe it becomes a choice a lot of times. Um, because with my ex, this is where the second relationship comes into play. We People were talking about it and they're like, do you like her? Because we had already had that conversation of if I'm in or out. And I remember, like, I was like, yeah, I do, but like, I don't want the butterflies yet. Um but I was like, oh, but do I like her? And she has like almost everything that I want already in a woman that I want to marry. And so I chose to love her every day. Uh, and we did a lot of life quickly, fell in love really quickly. Uh, I bought a ring. Um, what was that? Four months after, we, like three months, three and a half months after we met. Um, and I have never had more butterflies in my life. Uh, like it grew into that. Right. And I knew she was what I wanted to be with and the type of person that I wanted to be with. And so even when emotion wasn't there, I was like, I choose you. Mm-hmm. Like my yes is down. And, um, and so yeah, it, it can only grow if you choose love every time. So I want to kind of go into the heartbreak of relationships because I think it's interesting. I think it's interesting if you're someone who is maybe generally more cautious or more, um, cynical when you feel heartbreak because I think that it can lead to this like I knew it like I knew this was gonna happen like you know like it's happened before it always ha- yeah. does and whatever um, but when you're someone who is so into this and yeah. like is so excited and just like full of it um, what is heartbreak like what is I guess more so what is healing from heartbreak look like yeah, yeah that's like how good. do you get back up again because I think that like I would venture to say more often than not the fear of heartbreak or letdown or disappointment is what keeps people from loving to the fullest, whatever that looks like for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for someone that tries to do that all the time, like with everything that they have, what does it look like to not give up and to not be discouraged? Yeah, uh, that's a good question because I I thankfully got really good closure uh, with my ex. Um, she was so gracious meeting up and just answering questions that I had. And um, she said she was at a good space in order to answer those. And, and closure helps because usually it takes me a long time to recover. When I when I love that deeply and then get that heartbroken in things, um, it takes years usually. I'm, I'm I average about two years in between each each relationship. And um, and and so what I would say is like be excited for what it was because I've been thankful to have incredibly good, incredibly healthy relationships, all with their flaws and red flags and, and, and all that. But, um, I'm so like being thankful for everything that like, she's 
one of the best things that ever happened to me, right? And so to not burn the memories, to learn from them and learn like where I fell short. And I'm like, all right, the next woman that I can, I can love better in this place because I learned from it here and she loved me so well here. And so now I know that that is something that I need. Mm -hmm. And so what I would say is like, I get excited for her. Um, and it, it takes a while to get here. Don't jump to it. Let there be a mourning period. Let there be a time of grief. Um, it's a loss. Uh, and, and so to go through that, not try to go around it or over it or whatever, but go through that um, and feel deeply was good for me. But understanding that what I had with, with Kaylee is her name was so good. Mm. And I will eventually marry a woman that will love me better than she ever could. And she'll marry a guy that will love her better than I ever could. And that's exciting. And that gets me up. I, I'm an optimist. I'm not, I'm, not like, I'm not sitting there thinking like, oh, heartbreak could happen again, which it could. It could. But, you know, the three-year-long relationship, I thought that was it. And I was so excited. And then every woman that I've met after that has been a better fit and been more exciting. And, and now with my ex knowing how good it was and knowing that both of us will have something better, it's exciting to me. Wow. This is going to be so interesting, I think, for the listeners because I... I think people are going to go one of two ways. One is going to be like, yes, this is how I feel. This is like, I relate. Mm -hmm. And the other side is going to be like, this is just too, this is just too movie-esque to be real. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. I love it. I love the perspective. I love the diversity of the show. So interesting. So something that I think is also interesting along with this. Um, so Austin Yoder was on and he talked about, we talked about men and masculinity um, yeah. and, you know, like family and stuff like that. So maybe it's just me and people that I have like known in the past or do know now. Um, I don't feel like this perspective on love and relationships is super common with guys, not necessarily in feelings, but in, in, in the display of like how they feel about love mm -hmm. and relationships. Like it's a very like, I would say very like tender and like sensitive side um, that I don't think guys always necessarily show, even if they feel it. Um, yeah. And so I want to talk about that a little bit, yeah, what's, what it's been like for you, um, because you seem to be very in touch with your feelings and mm -hmm. more sensitive. And like, I don't, I don't know that that is a super common thing um, to be displayed. Again, I want to say, I, I honestly do believe that there are a lot of guys that feel that way, but don't mm -hmm. necessarily know how to like express it. Um, yeah. so what does that look like for you? Yeah, no, that's good because it's, it's been a, that's been a journey. Oh my gosh. Has that been a journey? Uh, I got bullied for it growing up. Um, I mean, I got accusations for left and right of all these terrible things. Um, and, and it was seen as a weakness to peers, to adults, to, to a lot of people, um, I was, I was thankful to kind of know my identity and who I am, uh, pretty early on about just like what I want to be known for. Uh, I want to be remembered for how I love. Right. And if you get deep enough with anyone, they want to be loved. Everyone does. And so I, I know the, like how authentic that truth is that I was like, all right, regardless of what's thrown at me and regardless, like I want this to be true about me because in the midst of that being thrown at me, my, like, am I really a lover or am I not? Based on how I respond to this, it'll be shown on whether this is truly who I am. Um, and so it was, it was, I lost friendships. Uh, I had people not want to be around that. Um, I have, I've had women that want to be my friend to be an emotional support because I get it. Um, and I've had a lot of women think that I can't lead because 
I can't put up a, a firmness or something that's perceived as strength to cult, like common culture. And it's, it's a daily battle. Mm-hmm. And especially in the midst of a relationship to be able to be like super vulnerable and open with my emotions um, because I know it's easy to, for it to be seen as a weakness. And I don't know how to fight that. I'm just going to keep loving and let people do what they want to do. Um, but it, it hurts. It's hard when I'm like, hey, this this can be such a beautiful strength if you let it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, to not be shut down by other people. Yeah. It's hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I don't really have like a for sure answer. I'm just like, it's, it's I got to wake up every morning and love the choice. Definitely. So... Again, you seem to be someone who loves a lot, loves very quickly, falls in love very quickly. Um, and you kind of touched on this a little bit, talking about each person that you date, kind of feeling like you're getting closer and closer. So how do you know? Like, how do you know yeah. when that person comes along? How do you know it's not just like the rest? Just emotional or highs. Emotional highs. Yeah. How do you like, how are you going to know? How do yeah. you feel like you're going to know? Yeah. Um, I, after my ex and I broke up, so Kaylee, I'm um, sorry. Uh, I'll call her Kaylee. Cause she's a wonderful woman. Um, and, and she and I sat down after we broke up and even in that conversation, um, like I knew she knew I had a ring. Like we talked about it. We had the wedding plan we were ready to go. Like we, we were stoked. Um, and in that moment, again, this goes back to me not thinking that there was just one woman that I could be happy with the rest of my life. There's only the one cause her and I talked and we're like, look, if we got married, we, yeah, there would have been a couple, I mean, no marriage is perfect, but we would have had an incredible marriage. We said that after we broke up, like if we actually went through with this, um, it would have been great. Like it would have been amazing. And so there's, there's a point where, um, I do have to check my emotions cause I'll fall quickly and deeply. Um, but with her, I knew like, I wanted to buy that ring because I was like, this is the kind of person that I can adventure with that um, she gets like, she's an incredible singer and I do music and she's an actress and I do film and I do acting. And she made me love food in ways and wellness in ways and, and, and brought together pieces that I didn't even know I was missing. And I found myself wanting to make the rest of my memories, the rest of my life with her. Right. I have a lot of friends that I'm like, Oh, look, I love my memories I have with you. I want to do things with you, but not every single thing I want you to be a part of. All right. Like I'm going to go on this trip, but you're not invited sort of thing. And not trying to be mean, but like when I find that woman that I'm like, I don't want to smother you. You can have your own life. I hope you have your own friends and I hope we were able to do things apart and separately. But if I, I just want to make every single memory I have for the rest of my life with you and I want to do everything I do with you that's when i think i know mm-hmm. um and knowing someone that deeply you also know their heart and ultimately that's why we why kaylee and i almost got married and also why we broke up is because we just knew each other's hearts right um she trusted me with the engagement and she's like i know you know my heart and so i actually didn't propose when i planned to because i felt like she wasn't ready mm-hmm. and i wasn't ready and so we didn't and so there's just so much about knowing someone that deeply that that you'll know yeah. And like people will say, you, you know when you know. And part of that's true. Hmm. And so how have you like found, because it sounds like this has been a journey for you. So how have you, how have you found the balance between like um, letting yourself be yourself and be really excited, um, but also pulling back in a way that feels um, like a good kind of cautious and like yeah. a, a smart way? Yeah, how have yeah. you found that? 
Yeah, I'm still working on it. Um, I mean, my default is love them a little too much, uh, too soon. And, and so there is a healthy balance with this for sure. And, um, I, I think a lot of it is kind of laying my cards out and being like, Hey, look, this is who I am. Um, this is, this is how I act. This is how I want to love. Um, what's your timing? Cause I want to be beside you in this. I don't want to be on a mountaintop waiting for you to arrive where I'm at. Um, this is a together thing. And, and so I think it all comes back to communication and, and being like, are you okay with this? Are you not okay with this? Uh, what are some boundaries? Uh, I think there's a very healthy, uh, con, uh, connotation with the word boundaries. And, and so it's, it's communication. Uh, it's what are you okay with? What are you not okay with? And then, uh, I mean, if there was just a flat out answer on how to do something, I don't know it. Um, but I think it's with that person, what's healthy, what's not. And, and go off of that. Yeah. I just, I'm thankful for a lot of people in my life that have loved me where I'm at because I've been a mess. Uh, I've been a big mess. And so I'm, I'm so thankful to my, my family. My brother's huge in that. Some of my best friends um, uh, and some of my ex-girlfriends that, that in the midst of where I'm at, they love me there. And mm. that is so much easier. I mean, that's what God did for me too, right? Jesus looked at me he's like, hey, that mess, yeah, I love it right there where you're at. And that's what I want to be to other people. And so I've had some amazing examples in my life, and I'm so thankful for that. And I know, I know, I know everyone doesn't have that, uh, those people, those role models. Um, and, and so I'm so grateful for the examples I have because that's a big part of why I'm able to love in the ways that I want to and do. Mm-hmm. Um, wow, this has been so interesting. There's so many, I could literally talk about this for hours. Um, I just want to say to the listeners, if, so this is something that I got from a friend, stealing this from a friend. If you're feeling uncomfortable, press in. Like, I think there's a reason and I think it's worth looking into. So if there's someone in your own life um, who you kind of feel like this person feels like this, it, this doesn't feel real. Like if you feel like there's somebody in your life who loves you a lot and you don't know how you feel about it because you don't know how to accept it, I would say press in. Yeah, lean into that. Um, lean into it. See where that's coming from. Like, ultimately, if it's not for you, it's not for you, and you're going to know that and make whatever decision that you need to make. But I think it I think it could be good to press in. Um, and I say that as someone who has needed to do that and continues to need to press into places where I feel really uncomfortable. Um, so, yeah, thank you. Yeah. All right. It's time for 575. All right. We're going to write some love haikus. Love so it. we will be right back. Okay, everybody. So we are back and we are here to read some love haikus. Q, do you want to tell us what your words were? Yeah. So I got star, loyal, and unconditional. Fitting. So whenever you're ready, you can just read your title and your uh, poem. I swear I love humor and everything too, and I love to laugh, but I guess we're going with the sappy stuff today. So this this has a special uh, name, the title does to me, which I can maybe get into later, but it's called Always. Be loyal, North Star. Love well, always. Let love be unconditional. Wow. Oh my gosh. Thank you. Wow. Beautiful. Beautiful. Uh, what were your words there, Sharia? <laughs> My words were mm-hmm. accept, cheesy, and sultry. Love it. So this poem is called, um, what? 
How do I accept such a cheesy kind of love? Is love not sultry? So appropriate for... (laughs) Yes! (laughs) Incredible. If anyone wants to hire me and Q, uh, you can do that. Yes, you can. Okay, it's time for Fix My Love Life. As always, I say this as a non-expert in love and relationships. So, this question comes from Naomi, and Naomi asked, how do you deal with partners who have a different love language than you? So, for anyone who doesn't know, so the five love languages are quality time, acts of service, gifts, touch, and affirmation. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, for people who kind of adopt that, it is a way of giving language to how they feel loved and also how they tend to give love to others. So, Naomi is asking, basically... What do you do, say, if their love language is quality time, but yours is gifts or something, Mm -hmm. and there's, like, a disconnect? How do you manage that? Yeah, Um, especially if you're at the point where you're like, hey, I love this person, right? In a relationship, um, that that should be a point where um, selflessness is crucial. Uh, And I think that that, uh, like, gives a space for them to offer a response of selflessness where then both parties feel loved. Right. And so I kind of touched on this earlier that finding out how people feel loved and then loving them there um, then usually uh, makes them respond in a way of loving back. And, and so I know that um, with Kaylee, we had slightly different like love languages and maybe I didn't want to uh, or maybe she didn't like like I love quality time I just want to like be with them and like not smother them like let let them live their lives let them do their thing Um, but yeah of course I want to be with you and I want you to know that you're wanted and so she would you know give that time to me and she would make sure that she spent time with me Um, even in moments that she didn't want to she would but then I know that she like loved me playing with her hair and like you know some back scratches um, and some physical touch in those senses and like when she would spend time with me and I know that it was outside of herself, I would just, in that space, long to like love her back. And so then of course I'll give her back scratches and of course I'll do those things. And so it's almost like a response and sometimes you just have to go out of your way and know that like they don't owe you anything. They Like you don't, that kind of sounds bad, but like um, I, I would just say be the first one to go out of your way to love them where they're at um, and how they need it. And uh, that usually makes them respond in in a way uh, back. And to communicate, again, communication is key. Let them know how you feel loved and be like, look, I feel super loved when you do this. Like when you make me food, like I love food. Like I just feel so loved. Um, And I think that was crucial was every night before Kayla and I went to bed over the phone or something, we would, we would talk and, and, this was in premarital counseling, so, but I think this is a healthy thing to even bring into the dating life is something called the five A's. I'm not going to go into what all of it describes, but it invited a space for us to say, hey, this is how I feel loved, and this is maybe what you could do to meet that. Um, and that was so important because sometimes I was like, oh, I didn't know you felt loved that way. Like, okay, yeah. And, and so communication is key, guys. That's, that's what I would say is communicate to each other how you feel loved and then, and then meet each other in that space. Uh, but it requires selflessness and a little bit of sacrifice. Uh, but it's worth it, trust me. Yeah, I would echo that. I always, always, always will say communication is key because people don't know what they don't know. Um, Mm -hmm. And if you don't know how you feel loved, that's okay too. Take some time and reflect on that. Figure out what what it means to you. Um, And then also I would say reflect on the ways that you tend to give love because 
Um, I think sometimes we can be biased and thinking like, oh, well, they're going to know that I love them if I do this, but that's not always the case. Um, so I would say reflect, reflect, reflect mm-hmm. always um, and communicate. Yeah, I wouldn't really add anything else to that. That's a great question though. Okay. Yeah. If you have a question, as always, go to elephantsinlove.com and submit it right on the podcast page. It's time for relationship of the week. Q, this is your chance to give your parting words to our listeners. Any words of wisdom? Anything you want to say? Yeah. Uh, how I'd like to leave you guys is is practice loving in the places that are illogical. Um, and so in, in the spaces that you normally wouldn't maybe, um, I'll, I'll tell you what, it'll, it'll give people a, a shock. And, and it's beautiful. And that kind of love then translates into your deepest loving relationships and, and teaches you how to continually set yourself aside. Um, and I, I'll tell you what, like, it's the most fulfilling thing is when you, you know, will be selfless. You set yourself aside, your preferences, your longings, your wants. And then when you love someone where they're at, that's more fulfilling than anything that you could, you could ever receive back, I guess. And so go love someone, give them the shoes off your feet, give them the, your favorite coat because these things are material. Um, and, but people need love. They need it. Uh, this world wants it. And, and so I'd say love someone that you normally wouldn't this week and, and start practicing that. Love everybody always because love does. A little Bob Goff reference. <laughs> Perfect. Um, Q, thank you so much for being on the show. Oh my gosh. Sure, so thanks great. so much for having me, girl. So great hearing um, from you. As always, everyone, if you have a question that you want to submit or an idea or a comment, just go to www.elephantsandlove.com, click on the podcast page, and submit your question right there. So uh, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll see you next time.